What's up, guys? Hey, today is St. Patrick's Day, and I love St. Patrick's Day. Some people see uh, drinking as a rite of passage or a coming of age. I don't particularly agree, but I do think that we should have some rites of passage for men. On today's show, we're going to talk about manly rites of passage. Things that were, things that aren't, and how moving away from certain rites of passage may have affected men as it is. If you're watching this on YouTube, guys, I hope you enjoyed the little intro going on, and we'll get into that some more in this. If you're not, you guys can check, check out a separate YouTube video on my channel on fitness as well. Oh, and by the way, my name is Brent. I'm the Fallible Man. I talk about all things man, husband, and father. We provide content to help men become the men they want to be. We're meeting for the first time. It's awesome to meet you guys. Hey, it's St. Patty's Day, so we're getting in the spirit, guys. Grab whatever you're drinking today. Stick around for a while and see what we have to say about things. Promise it's going to be an interesting show. On today's show, we're talking about how manly rites of passage have changed. Right? We don't have the same rites of passage that we did as, you know, even a couple generations back. And it's changed men in an incredible way. Now we're going to talk about that. And we're going to talk about do we need to have certain rites of passage anymore. All that and more, guys. Hey, be sure and like and follow us on all the social media platforms. We're at The Fallible Man. Anywhere you want to be and drop by our website, www.thefallibleman.com to find all the things we're doing. Guys, did rites of passage actually make men better? Guess we'll find out. Stick around. This is the Fallible Man Podcast. Your home for everything man, husband, and father. Here is your host, the Fallible Man, Brent Dowling. Welcome back, guys. Hey, now it is St. Patty's Day. So first and foremost, guys, be safe. I hope you're having a great day today. I love St. Patrick's Day. Now, I love Guinness any time of year. Guinness is my beer of choice. Um, if you're underage, please don't be out drinking. If you're out having a good time and drinking today, please be smart. If you're drinking, don't drive. Be smart. Put the keys, have a designated driver, or stay in the safety of your own home. But whatever you're drinking, grab a glass of it, and let's get into this today. Now, I don't get hammered on St. Patrick's Day. I don't. I honestly think that's kind of a really dumb thing to do. I lived through my really stupid years by the sheer grace of God, guys. I survived. Uh, when I was younger and going through some times of my life, I drank way more than is healthy, into more than dangerous levels, and it was a bad idea, and I survived. God smiled on me. And so I just don't do it. It's it's not my thing. Um, but I love the overall cheery attitude of St. Patrick's Day. Something about the holiday, it, for me, is a whole lot like Thanksgiving. Um, and we do have some Irish heritage in our family, not that much. But hey, it's St. Patty's Day. Everybody's Irish today, right? Uh, we get together with my family and some friends, and we have... Corned beef and cabbage and soda bread and some potatoes. Sometimes we do shepherd's pie instead. 
But we get together and we just have this tradition around my house where we make as much of a day of it as possible. Like I said, at my house, it's treated a lot like Thanksgiving. It's an interesting tradition. And I'm not a big traditionalist. I don't have uh, the attachments to some holidays that some people do. Guys, if you've been watching my show for a while, caught the Christmas special last year, you know I'm not a huge Christmas person. Got no problem with Christmas people. I just, it's not my thing, right? Everybody has traditions and some traditions are really great. And some traditions, we don't really know why we do them, right? But traditions can be fun and some can even be educational. And some traditions are more, let me change the way I say it, that some traditions have a deeper meaning. Some traditions go beyond just the concept of tradition as we know it and move into certain rites of passage. For example, uh, you know, for centuries, various groups have had traditional rites of passage. The Jewish people traditionally have a bar mitzvah, and it is a coming of age of their young men to celebrate that they have made that break from child to manhood. Um, I'm not Jewish, and, you know, it's, it's, it's a fine right for them. I, you know, I, like I said, I embrace traditions and cultural rites of passage. Uh, I have a friend who told me that just like most American guys learn how to grill, and we talked about that in one of our last videos, things, 10 things men, all men should be able to do, uh, one of the things he shared with me is traditionally Mexican-Hispanic men, young men, learn how to make carnitas. And it's it's just as much as American guys learning to grill. Same idea, right? If you go back earlier than that, uh, earlier civilizations, hunter-gatherer types, right? Boyhood went from boyhood to manhood when you got to go on the hunt. When you were old enough to no longer be left with the women and children and the elderly back of the village, but you were then separated when you were a certain age to go and join the hunt, become a useful member of society. Now, and I'm jumping around here on my notes, sorry guys. A lot of modern societies have moved away from these rites of passage. And because some some see them as uh, overly masculine, some see them as barbaric. Some groups would look at some of the older rites of passage that are historical and think they're just, you know, barbaric and they're uh, everything wrong with mankind. But how has it affected men to lose those rites of passage? Let's talk about that a little bit. So, you know, the first rite of passage we're going to get into history is joining the hunt, like I said. Now, I respect that not everybody likes to hunt, okay? I'm not, anyone who knows me can tell you I am not like the best hunter in the world. Um, I've gone bow hunting. I actually have a hunting license. I meant to go last year and it just didn't work out. But it's not a matter of I have a problem shooting an animal for food because I eat whatever I kill. I'm good with that. But not everybody likes to hunt, and that's fine. You don't have to be a hunter, and that's okay, all right? I actually have friends that that is, 
in their family, it's a huge family tradition, is when a son or daughter comes of age to the point where they can safely join the family hunt. That's a really big rite of passage in their individual family. But if you go back farther than that to tribes of hunters, it was a huge coming of age and rite of passage. When you actually got to go and be part of the hunt, you were no longer a child. Um, hunter tribes relied on every part of the animal, from the skins for clothing and shelter to the meat for eating, obviously, but also like the bones for use in tools and like uh, whether it was cooking tools or hunting tools kind of thing. Um, even like the fat was used in some tribes to uh, waterproof stuff and History is very interesting when you start digging into these things. There's some cool things that have happened. But it was a huge step forward for a young man to go from a child who had to stay with the women, children, little children, and the elderly to being a useful member of society. In fact, once you were a man and could help pr prove that you were able to help with the hunt and help provide for the tribe only then when you reach that level were you allowed to move into being a man then once you could help provide for the tribe you were able to provide for a family and so then you could start pursuing a mate then you could become out on your own and have your own shelter and become part of the men in that society Likewise, there are other tribes, are other groups in history, where at a certain age, the boy had to go out and do trials in the woods. They would go out into the wilderness on their own once they hit a certain point in their life. And depending on which tribe that was and what part of the world, that might be a week or that might be up to a year where that young person had to go out and live on their own in the wilderness and take care of themselves and provide for themselves. And they had to survive the elements and they had to be able to feed themselves and survive predators. And only at the end of that time period could they come back to the tribe and be welcomed back as a useful member of the tribe. Some people would consider this uh, really barbaric or crazy, but especially since helicopter parenting is an all-time high, right? Uh, I have two little girls. If you watch this channel and you know, helicopter parenting is an all-time high. And guys, I don't approve of it, but I got to watch myself because I can even catch myself doing it from time to time. We want to protect our children to the point where we've gone to an extreme. So this idea of sending them off, and I tried to come up with a modern equivalent. And, you know, I, I thought about well, you know, going off to college, right? Because part of what you learned in the wilderness was it was an education. You perfected your hunting and protecting skills. You learned how to care for yourself. You learned how to build a shelter for yourself and survive in the elements. And I try to compare it to college for just like a modern take on it. And I, I can't because a lot of times in these days, at this point in history, 
even when young people go off to college to get an education and learn how to make it in this world, a lot of them in our society end up back at home for years. Uh, more and more, you have young people living at home well into their mid-20s instead of going out on their own. Even if they've gone off to college, a lot of them end up back at home for sometimes years. And so you can't really compare the two because that wasn't an option when you came back from the wilderness. You were welcome back as a member of the tribe. You didn't go back to your family's home and live in mommy's house. That's not the way it worked. So it's it's kind of odd. Now, if you are on YouTube, you got to saw, see an intro video uh, to this podcast. I went out and... Guys, if you're listening to the podcast, you can go. I'm going to have a separate video on the uh, workout playlist on my YouTube channel where you can see the bits of the video that were shown here as well. And I went out and tried to recreate another rite of passage this week. Or sorry, this last week um, with my family. Because at one point your ability to become a man was judged by your physical prowess. Now, we moved a long ways from that, but that was a rite of passage. In particular, in Iceland, there's something called the Husafell Stone. Now, the Husafell Stone is, rough, is roughly 200 years, give or take a couple years, old. It has become a favorite among strongman competitions, which I love to watch, and I love to train in the strongman style. And what it is, is the Husafell stone was the gate stone for a sheep or goat pin, depending on who you ask on that one. And you can Wikipedia this, guys. Uh, it is a 409-pound stone. And so the owner would have to move the stone out in the mornings so the sheep, goats, whatever could go out and feed, and then they would put it back at night to protect the animals. Well, in Iceland, this has become, in fact, the Husafell stone has become a national monument slash treasure in Iceland. You can go to Husafell, Iceland, and actually attempt to carry the stone. I would not recommend it if you haven't tried it, but you can see it on a lot of strongman competitions. They've actually, Rogue Fitness has recreated the stone. So I went out to try this because... In that society, <laughs> you were considered eh, kind of strong, getting there, if you could break it off the ground. You have to pick up this 409-pound stone from the ground. You were considered half strong if you could at least get it up and lap it, get it up to your knees, hips area. You weren't considered full strong, or what's the right word? I wrote it down here so I could remember it. It's full sturker. Or a full striker. I'm sure I said that wrong. Or full strong man. And to be considered full strong man, you had to pick up the stone and carry it one lap around the pen, which is about 50 meters. In America, that's 164 feet. So I tried to recreate that, right? I, uh, <laughs> I like strong man training. And the closest I have is I have a 200 pound sandbag, which is a heck of a workout. Be sure, and uh, I'll link up here. I have a uh, beginner's guide to sandbag workouts uh, that you can go and you can get a full actual 
sandbag download, guys. Uh, just a home workout you can do if you're still having to work out at home with, you know, $5 tube sand from Walmart. So be sure to check out that video. But I took my, I have a couple strongman sandbags that I bought over the years. And I have a 200 pound sandbag and it is heavy. And so I took it down to our local park where I had some room and I put out little cones I had for a 50 meter pin. Uh, and my daughters get into the act. If you've seen some of my other videos, I actually have a 30 pound sandbag for my six year old and a 50 pound sandbag for my nine year old. That is half her body weight. Uh, I also have a hundred pound sandbag and I have a 60 pound sandbag as well. But we got out there and everybody was taking their try at this. Now, because I only have a 200 pound sandbag, my goal was to try and make two laps around to make up for the fact that I don't have a 400 pound rock. Uh, see the video, but uh, my daughter, I'm very proud. My nine year old took a 50 pound sandbag, like I said, it's half her body weight, and carried it up here around her chest and made the entire 50 meters. I'm very proud of that. Uh, it is a lot of work, even at that. I mean, you're half her, half her body weight there. So, strength was a very big rite of passage in some cultures, right? It was a physical prowess. Now, I don't know that there is a lot of crossover to the modern world, right? Um, in fact, the physical type of jobs aren't necessarily always the best income job solution for everybody, right? So modern era has really leveled out the playing field as far as what jobs can provide. And so you don't necessarily need that large physical prowess, although I recommend all men should work out and try and get in shape. Now we're going to get into the big question here is, is there a value to having these kind of rights of mat of sorry, rites of passage, in the modern era. It's a very different world we live in than even 200 years ago when they first introduced the Hoosfell uh, Stone. And though it's very popular in certain strength competitions, are these rites of passage or other rites of passage still valuable and valid these days? Be sure and give us a like or a thumbs up, a review on Apple Podcasts if you're listening on the podcast. And uh, smash that like button if you're getting something out of this, guys. We're going to roll to our sponsor for the moment, and we'll be right back to tackle these big questions. Today's episode brought to you by TheFallibleMan.com. That's right, it's us. Head over to www.TheFallibleMan.com and check out our blog, updated twice a week with new content, and links to all of our social media offerings. Tag or search us at The Fallible Man or at Fallible Man on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and other social medias for daily content. While you're there, check out our Attitude Swag, shirts, cups, stickers, and more. Again, that's www.TheFallibleMan.com. All right, guys, welcome back. Hey, hope you're enjoying the show. Hope you're having a great St. Patty's Day. Be sure and check out our YouTube channel. We have other things there besides the podcast, as well as subscribe to us on whatever podcast platform you like, guys. And let's get back into it. So the big question at hand is, what 
is there still a value to having rites of passage like they did in older societies today in the modern world as we know it? So let's look at what these things actually achieved, all right? What these rites of passage actually did or accomplished. Now, personally, spoiler, I think it actually accomplished a lot. I think it added to society. But let's list off a couple things because I, I made a list. And uh, so to me, these feats of becoming a man, these rites of passage for men, had these significances. It created an expectation that you would rise to a certain level. It set a bar that you were required to reach to become a man or a valuable, a valuable member of the societies. To me, that's a good thing. It set a goal for you to work with, work towards, and give you a clear purpose as you were growing up. As you were growing up as a child in these societies, you knew this was coming. And so you had a goal and a purpose and a drive to reach this bar so you were good and could move into the rest of your world. I also think that has some value. It created a clear delineation from child into adulthood, which is really confusing these days. I mean, right? You have to be 18 to have tobacco products or to join the military, right? Um, you have to be 16 to drive in most states. You have to be 21 to drink. Apparently, you only have to be about four or five to choose what your sex is these days. God help us there. You have to be, you can be 26 and still be a dependent in the United States. That's weird. So, when exactly do you become an adult in our society with all these different markers that we commonly associate with adult decisions? I mean, you can't even get a piercing until you're. 14 or 16, depending on the state, without parental consent. So that line of when you go from child to adult has become really blurred. It set expectations as to what a valuable member of the society looked like. By having that bar set, you knew what you had to accomplish, and you knew when you accomplished that, that you were a valuable member of society. But by accomplishing that, there were set um, expectations as to what value you brought based on the requirements and based on your culture. There was a very clear line of what you were expected to bring as a valuable member of society. It creates a major sense of achievement, like serious sense of, sense of achievement, which is something a lot of people are lacking these days, is a lot of people just don't feel like they're achieving things because they don't know how to set their own goals. And it also declared your role to your society, to your community. This is who I am. This is the point I have reached. And this is the role I feel. It was a declaration that you were a valuable member of that society in the role you filled. Um, so I, I think there were a lot of benefits to that as far as our sorry I, I think 
that it achieved a lot of really impressive things. And I think there were a lot of benefits to that. So then we have to stop and think about, do we actually have similar things today? And guys, I was trying to draw this comparison as I was going through and building my list. And I was really struggling with finding what we have in modern society that really comes equal to it, right? Military is a choice, at least in the United States, not in all societies. Um, college is a choice. Trade schools are a choice. There isn't a lot of, I mean, what we, we say, go, go to school. And now you got, you know, 16 year olds graduating with associate's degrees. So it's not really an age thing. It's how fast you can get through the education system. So I'm having a hard time. I, I really can't make a connection between former rites of passage or what we recognize as rites of passage for men and modern society. And I think that's actually hurting us. Um, and guys, hey, be sure and leave us a comment. I love to hear from you guys, whether you're on the podcast. And I, you know, I know different platforms on podcasts allow for comments and some don't. But if you're on the podcast and you can leave a comment or you're on YouTube, guys, I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I want to know what you have to say about it. I'm very interested. I do respond to comments as long as they're not, you know, uh, inappropriate sales gimmicks and junk like that. If you're trying to spam my channel, channel, I'll just delete it. But otherwise, I really do want to hear what you have to say about these topics. So be sure and leave us a comment and suggestions. Guys, here becomes the big question. Should we reinstate some of these rites of passage? Should there be, be that clear delineation in modern society? And I, I think the answer is yes. Okay, I'll, I'll save you time on that. I think it'd be beneficial. I like the fact that up until 2010, if I did my research right, every person, once they came of age in Sweden, was required to do two years, it's either two or four years, of mandatory service in the Swedish military. Um, Israel, as well, has mandatory service, and I see the two or four years, I'm not clear. I didn't look up that fact. I just know they do it. And I think that, honestly, I think that would be a good choice for the United States. I think mandated service to your country instills a respect and appreciation and love for your country. It also builds a camaraderie and develops some very valuable skills as far as you moving forward. You develop some independence and some thoughts that you don't in other ways. But that's my opinion. Not everybody wants to join the military. I get it. But I think it would be healthy to have it. Um, I think that if you look back over that list, there are a plethora of reasons that having rites of passage into manhood, into masculinity, into being a member, useful member of society would be highly valuable, um, especially with modern culture, I think we need to move back towards that. I think it would be healthy for all men. But it's also going to come down to parents. Um, now, I told you I have friends who hunting is a big part of a rite of passage for their family when they're old enough to join for the hunt. 
uh, their hunting family, and it's an amazing thing. But it's going to come down to a parental right, right? Um, I have rules in my house about, because I'm a gun guy, I like to shoot. So my children, to be able to go to the range and learn how to use a firearm, have to learn the four base rules that NRA recognizes for gun safety. There are four. If you don't know them, shame on you. Look them up. But my children are required to learn and memorize those gun safety rules and be able to tell them to me. They also have very strict rules on the gun range. There's no screwing around on the gun range. They follow orders and directions the very first time. Or we don't go to the gun range, period. They are taught to respect the tool and to use it appropriately. Other people have different measures, are things that are coming of age for their children. And as a parent, you're going to have to make that decision. Because I can tell you all day long that I think it would benefit society to reinstate some of these rites of passage. I think it's some of the things that men are lacking in their life, which is leaving so many young men feeling kind of adrift, like they don't know where they fit or what their role is in life. But it really is going to come down to the parents. I mean, I recently did a podcast called 10 Things All Men Should Be Able to Do. And I'll link that up here. Guys, if you, maybe maybe you are a man. Maybe you are a man who feels a little adrift. Those 10 things are, to me, musts for all men to be able to do. So if you're feeling a little aimless, be sure and hit back to that podcast and use that as a baseline to start, guys. It's, it's not the end-all, say-all, but... It's a good baseline to start if you feel like you're a little adrift as a man, that you don't know where you fit or what you need to do. Guys, thanks for listening to my rant here. It's St. Patty's Day, man. I'm hoping you're having some great, safe fun. Like I said, everybody's Irish today. Appreciate you hanging out. Be safe tonight. If you drink, don't drive. God bless, and we'll see you guys next time. Be better tomorrow because of what you do today. This has been the Fallible Man Podcast, your home for everything man, husband, and father. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a show. Head over to www.thefallibleman.com for more content and get your own Fallible Man gear.